we are inundated daily with all kinds of information. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's false, sometimes they're just complete bold-faced lies. <clears throat> sometimes things are labeled with a catchy title to make them sound like they're good, like the Inflation Reduction Act. And how do we discern the difference? Today, one tries to speak the truth. They may be censored or deplatformed or banned from social media. And oftentimes when people speak the truth, they're being accused of spreading misinformation and claims that they're not following the science or be accused of being spreaders of hate. How do we discern right from wrong, moral from immoral, facts from falsehoods? We go to the Word of God. We listen to an individual's speech to see if it follows with the Word of God. And are the words of the speaker just empty rhetoric? Or do they align with their actions? Or do the actions of that speaker, are they in opposition to what they're telling you? Do they claim to be a unifier of the people and then espouse words of division? Do their actions produce good fruit or bad fruit? In Matthew 7:20, thus by their fruits we will recognize them. Black Lives Matter. That's a great slogan for raising funds. But do the organizers of the Marxist organization really care about black lives? They don't seem to care about the black police officers who are killed. They don't seem to care about defunding the police in black communities, which leaves them vulnerable to all kinds of issues. They don't seem to care about blacks killing other blacks. And they don't seem to care about the blacks that are lost to abortion. Their actions do not support the rhetoric they espouse. The truth is, however, that all lives matter. There is not one that's not precious to God. All are important, and it doesn't matter whether they are black, brown, red, yellow, or white. It doesn't matter. Jesus died for all of us, not just the rich, the poor, the honest or the criminal, the most horrific rapist or murderer, the saint, one race, one color, one ethnicity. He died for each and every one of us that through his shed blood we may be forgiven. Through the belief of his death, burial, and resurrection that we have the ability to have become children of God and have eternal life with him. Abortion. There was a candidate for governor who claimed that abortion would help fight inflation. No, isn't that a noble cause? Let's everybody go have an abortion so we can save this country. You have pastors who claim that abortion is a God-given right, but they don't back it up with Scripture. California wants to become an abortion sanctuary state. They put up billboards in states which are becoming restrictive to abortion access, and they use an excerpt from Scripture on, these billboards, on some of these billboards. From Mark 12, 31. 
reading, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. Now that's most definitely a perversion of God's word. Planned Parenthood is preparing mobile abortion clinics to put outside the states that are restricting abortion. They want to make abortion readily accessible, easily accessible. Why are we so anxious to murder the unborn and shed the innocent blood? A TV celebrity recently claimed that God's okay with abortion. You've got to love the reason. She espoused for that claim. God gave us freedom of choice. I will agree with that point. God did give us freedom of choice. And it was exercised in the Garden of Eden. God wanted Adam and Eve to be obedient to him, but not prisoners. The same holds with us. He wants us to be obedient to him and not his prisoners. We had the ability to make choices just like Adam and Eve. And sometimes we also make wrong choices. Their wrong choice caused them to be banished from the Garden of Eden. And if your child disobeys you, most likely there will be consequences. But those consequences, that discipline, that is an act of love from the parent and from God our Father. Satan tricked Adam and Eve into eating from the fruit. That their eyes would be open and they'd be like God. The father of lies convinced them to disobey. They were tricked into believing they could be like God. You've heard the chants, my body, my choice. If you want to do drugs, go do drugs. If you want to get drunk, go get drunk. If you want to be promiscuous, be promiscuous. If you're a man and you want to be a woman, hey, go for it. If you're a woman and want to be a man, so be it. If you want to abort your unborn child, why not? My body, my choice. Those chants continue today. And it certainly sounds reasonable. It sounded reasonable at least until it came time to take on an experimental use vaccine. Suddenly it became your body, government's choice. Take the vaccine or be fired. Take the vaccine or you won't be able to go on a cruise. You won't be able to go out to eat. And that mandate went for doctors, nurses, first responders, and many others who worked the front lines during the pandemic. They were now required to get an experimental use vaccine or lose their jobs. People were not told about the potential side effects. There was no informed consent for those taking the vaccine. When people sued in the courts to get access to the trial data from Pfizer, Pfizer wanted those trial documents locked up for 75 years. Now, I can do the math on that. I'm not going to be here in 75 years. So it leads to the question, what are they trying to hide? Fortunately, the courts ruled that some of that data needed to be 
revealed. And some things are coming out. We have lies by omission. We have lies by deception. And those lies of omission and deception are continuing today. While information is about other drugs to treat COVID-19 are being suppressed. There was a headline that read, Human-induced climate change made drought worse. Well, that's true as far as it goes. When man sinned, he was banished from the Garden of Eden. Man continued to sin. God flooded this earth. And the climate and everything changed at that point, and it continues to change. There's a book I would encourage everyone to read. It's called The Noah Code by Mark Rose. It uses geological information to substantiate the Bible and its authenticity. It substantiates the flood. It is backed up. Extremely well-documented book. The politicians today, they like to promote that they can save the earth. We just need to make drastic changes. I will agree with them on that one point. We need to make drastic changes. However, they're not the changes of which they promote. The answer is in God's Word. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive them and heal their land. God's the one that has to heal our land. Not to say we shouldn't be good stewards. But God needs to be front and center. In John chapter 2, verse 13 through 16, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found that in the temple those who were sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. Jesus was not one to go along to get along, and he certainly was not one who was politically correct. Is the church of today going along to getting along? And in the process... Becoming silenced by our inaction through the government's abuse of power, the corrupt media, and political correctness. The Word of God is where the correctness lies. Critical race theory is being promoted today, but the reality is it's racism on steroids. It teaches that one is. A racist based on the color of their skin. Now, racism's real. I will not deny that. Critical race theory is based on the Marxist teachings, where one group is an oppressor and the other group is the oppressed. 
racism, bigotry, hatred, and love. They all have one thing in common. They're all learned behaviors. None of us are born racist. We're not born with hatred. We're not born with bigotry. Nor are we born with love. All of those are learned behaviors. In the military and many other professions today, people are now being forced to go through implicit bias training, a mandatory course grounded in the idea that one is racist because they're white. A nurse in Texas who had been practicing for 39 years, faithfully taking care of patients, was recently terminated because she refused to falsely admit to being a racist. We don't need critical race theory. What we do need is critical grace theology. Grace is when we get what we don't deserve, and mercy is when we get. Grace is when we get what we don't deserve, and mercy is when we don't get what we do deserve. History has shown that when moral absolutes in society are replaced with evolving truth and moral relativity, human suffering, death, and destruction are not far behind. Will we collapse under the weight of all the corruption we see today? At the Constitutional Convention, Benjamin Franklin rose to the floor to address Mr. Washington with these words. I have lived, sir, a long time. And the longer I live, the more convincing proofs I see of this truth, that God governs the affair in the affairs of men. And if a sparrow cannot fall to the ground without his notice, is it probable that an empire can rise without his aid? Evil thrives in darkness. We're called to shine a light on the world and expose evil and corruption. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. We are to preserve all things that are near and dear to God while striving to destroy the works of the devil. We are to help people by exposing the powers of darkness. If we lose our influence, we lose our ability to change the destructive culture. We must maintain both our salt and our light in the world. In 1954, Earl Warren, as Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, argued, We are living today in the spirit of a Christian religion, and as long as we do so, no great harm can come to our country. Where are we at today? As individuals... And as a nation, we will be judged by whether we obey and acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord. In Hosea 4, my people are destroyed.
for a lack of knowledge. Sadly, today, many are suffering from the ignorance of truth. There are four things that spoil us as Christians. First being human philosophies. When human philosophies are exalted above God's, it can corrupt the mind of the believer. Today we are offered all kinds of solutions to our problems that contradict God's Word. Through tactics of fear, worry, and anxiety, we are being told we will all die. And the world will cease to exist in a few years because of climate change if we don't give up freedom and submit to corrupt government mandates. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 7. But the heavens and earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Number two, empty deceit. Many in the media are filling us with deception and falsehoods. In the culture today, truth is being replaced with bold-faced lies. Doctors who tried to speak out about cures during the pandemic were silenced and threatened. Being censored, banned from social media, and outright attacked is just the beginning of what is to come if we remain silent. Our nation is collapsing under the weight of the lies and obsession for power. Truth must be told to the people or they will die in their sins and have to answer to God. Where does this deception come from? The Bible teaches us that Satan is the God of this age. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, which is the image of God. In John 8, 43 and 44, Jesus is speaking. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say? You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native tongue, for he is a liar and the father of lies. We must not fear to speak out against deceit and intimidation. In 2 Corinthians 4.2, Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. In Ephesians 5.13, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. In Joshua 1.9, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. In 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love and a sound mind. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety. Number three, traditions. Mark seven tells us that the we nullify the word of God by the traditions we've handed down. God is not under any obligation to honor our opinions or traditions 
His obligation is to honor His Word. Worldly principles is number four. Colossians 2.8 in the Passion Translation. Beware that no one distracts you or intimidates you in their attempt to lead you away from Christ's fullness by pretending to be full of wisdom when they're filled with endless arguments of human logic. For they operate with humanistic and clouded judgments based on the mindset of this world system and not the anointed truths of the anointed one. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. In Matthew 22, 36 through 39. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the laws? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does not remain silent over destructive power of sin, but we are accused of hate speech if we try and warn our neighbors of the wages of sin. We cannot condone what God hates and claim to be in love. God's expectations for us is in Leviticus 19, verses 15 through 19. The New Living Translation reads, Do not twist justice in legal matters by favoring the poor or being partial to the rich and powerful. Always judge people fairly. Do not spread slanderous gossip among your people. Do not stand idly by while your neighbor's life is threatened. I am the Lord. Do not nurse hatred in your heart for any of your relatives. Confront people directly so that you will not be held guilty of their sins. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Isaiah 5.20 Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Today, many mock and rail against sexual purity while they promote and celebrate all types of sexual perversion. The LGBTQA plus are indoctrinating and defiling the moral innocence of our children and corrupting their minds. You're being told that if you want to identify as a man, you can compete in women's sports. If you're a woman, you can be a man if you desire. You can take drugs and have surgeries to make you into something else. But you'll never truly be what you envision. We're being told that kindergarten children should be able to choose what sex they are. It's bad enough that the minds of the adults have been corrupted by these ideologicals. But now these same adults want to corrupt and pollute the minds of God's most innocent and precious children. Proverbs 14:12 There is a way that seems right to man but its end is the way of death Good Morning America celebrated an 11-year-old trailblazing drag kid and there's an 11-year-old drag performing in a pub in Oregon state Planned Parenthood is 
pushing for preteen puberty blockers. A 13-year-old girl, transgender girl named Chloe, was convinced she wanted to be a boy. She started taking puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. And when she was 15, she had her breasts removed. The doctors had convinced her parents that surely you would rather have a boy than a girl who might be suicidal. Now at 18, Chloe grasps the magnitude of the decisions that were made. She's come to the understanding that she can only be comfortable in her own body the way she was made. Today she's sounding the alarm, hoping to prevent others from going down this horrific path. Satan convinced Eve to partake of the fruit of the Garden of Eden. The fruit looks appealing, and Satan made it sound like the benefits would be great. There are many things today that sound great and appealing, but they actually have evil roots. Isaiah 59, 14 through 15, the New Living Translation. Our courts oppose the righteous. The justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets. And anyone who renounces evil is attacked. The Lord looked and was displeased to find there was no justice. Is that where we're at today? Are we under the judgment? Is God displeased with what he sees? Hebrews 4, 12 through 13. For God's, or the word of God is active and alive, sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates dividing soul and spirit, joint and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. In 2 Timothy, chapter 3, 16 through 17, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's Word never changes. In Matthew 24, 35, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Psalms 119.105 Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. President John Fitzgerald Kennedy paraphrased Edmund Burke's thoughts on the triumph of evil with his famous quote, The only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. God's love isn't selfish, and ours should not be either. We should have love for one another, even if we don't agree with them. Our love should be based on the love of God that He has shown us through His Son and through the Holy Spirit. John 13.35 By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. In Matthew 5, 44, 48. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. 
and he sends rain on the just and unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you're only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Just as it is not easy to forgive those who have wronged us, we can find it difficult to pray for our enemies But it is what we're called to do. We are created to be children of God. But not all have chosen to be children of God. And as we prepare to sing a song of invitation today, if you would like to choose to become a child of God and enjoy the peace and fullness of life that is only available through Jesus Christ, if you're ready to make Jesus is the Lord of your life. Won't you come?